On today's episode, we have a very special guest join us to talk about their love of Walt Disney World and other theme parks and a little bit of Disney history to go with it. This is episode 64 of the Off the Monorails podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I am Jordan, your host. This is the Off the Monorails podcast, and as always, today I'm joined by my two fellow co-hosts, Justin and Ryan. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Doing great, sir. Uh, had a great day. Ryan, how are you doing? Feeling good. Um, in the middle of my work week, but I've got you know one more day left, and I can have some time off. Yeah. Yeah, it's um man, it's it's we're in full swing mode, huh? We trips galore, itineraries full. It's just um summer is right around the corner. Yep, officially and more weeks of school and, left, and the kids are out. It's good yeah, stuff. It's it's been it's been a great spring already. You know, we've got to we've got got to hit festivals. We've got to uh, ride new rides. We've got to see happily ever after return. Uh, it's Epcot Forever's back. back. You know, a lot has happened. You know, we're getting closer and closer by the day to, you know, to Epcot actually being a place that you can walk <laughs> yeah. into uh, without construction walls. So any day, every day that grows, that we grow closer to that reality, Absolutely. I am happy about. So, yeah, it's um, it's good time. We've got we've got more trips coming up. Obviously, this summer, uh, you know, we got. Uh, people, you know, that are new pass holders um, that were able to grab passes a couple weeks ago. Um, all of that debacle that that went on uh, with that uh, was was fun and exciting to uh, to see unfold. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, things are things are good, and I'd say things are really good for for the crew here at OTM. Oh, yeah, lots of new happenings going on and uh, making some forward progress, and you know. Made a couple of subtle changes, but we're still the same people. We're still great. We like food and we like drinks. Yeah. We like Disney. Just, just honed in on who we are and uh, what we're about. Yeah. So uh, we got a little facelift. Yeah. You may notice um, if you have noticed in the last couple of weeks across websites, socials, um, the cover art you see on your podcast display there, if you're driving and using your Apple CarPlay. You know, you'll see new, new, new logos, a little, little refresh look just to show off a little bit of our personality, but it, we're here. We're still, we're still the same, same podcast and um, still having a ton of fun. So I hope you're liking all the new stuff that we're throwing out there and uh, really trying to just attack the socials and all the platforms and really just give you guys a new spin on the content um, and you kind of stand out from the, from the cookie cutter. Uh, stuff out there so and speaking of which guys i mean we we get to talk to pretty pretty special guests today who you know you know speaking from point of uh standing out from the crowd oh yeah yeah this individual he's uh he's got a unique approach at at tackling theme parks in general uh, whether that be disney or any of the other ones in between all over the place whether it be in florida california doesn't matter um He's got a way of, of doing it his own way 
and um man it works he's got some great I material love uh I love it. you know some of it's informational some of it's satirical comedy um across the board the guy's a genius when it comes to creative editing and just content creation in general yeah. so i'm super excited to, to have this guy on here today i agree uh very unique style of creation very uh very left field like something you wouldn't expect uh, <laughs> but it's it's we we honestly love it we love his content uh it's yeah, very refreshing. refreshing and in a in a very bogged down atmosphere uh that covering disney is i personally tip my hat to him for all of his creative styles uh because not uh, one video is the same as another that you become across on this video uh, catalog. And it's, uh, like I said, just a really refreshing take uh, in this atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. And he kind of came in and like ripped the bandaid off too. And uh, much like how we did, which he's been in the game longer than we have been, but um, he talks about some subjects that people don't necessarily, you know, on their own accord, come out and talk about uh, it. It kind of creates some of mm -hmm. an ice breaking uh, scenario for people and we've done the same thing talking about some of our unorthodox uh, topics. So we knew that this yeah, episode yeah. was going to be great once we once we had this locked in. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about in episodes past where, you know, this podcast has allowed us to meet some really cool people. And uh, this is one very true example of of just that. So uh, looking forward to talking uh, to him in just a few minutes. But before we do that, we, of course, have to tell you to go visit our website, offthemonorails.com. Uh, there, of course, you can check out our blog. Uh, we've got entries uh, that you can read and look at photos and some videos of all types of topics. And basically, it's there for your consumption to uh, enjoy, make your trip going, your Disney planning uh, procedure that much more enjoyable and uh and just a, an easier process overall so go check that out bookmark it save it there's a lot of good points there also you can check out the shop and ryan do you want to tell the fine people where they can find there on the shop yes i would love to uh first and foremost you can find maybe a couple of our new designs that's got a little bit of our facelift entangled with it um but also some of our uh, classic favorites that have been uh, put up, put across the board uh, over the last few months. Um, we're constantly rolling out stuff, whether it be festival specific or just good funny shirts in general, or some of your favorite landmarks to maybe catch a drink around the parks and property. Um, we got you covered shirts, hats, bags, um, some drinkware, you name it, just um, load it up in the cart and be sure you get over that $99 mark. Cause you can get free shipping. Yeah. We're not we're not afraid to put some merch out there. I'll say that you know it's, we're we're big fans of uh, a lot of things at, at Disney, and we like to put our own spin, just as we do as the um, on the podcast. We like to put our own spin on some Disney inspired um, and park inspired merchandise. So we're, we're put it out there for the masses and let people enjoy it. That's what we're here about. So whether it's our monorail golf club collection that we that we uh, released a, a few weeks back, or uh, whether it's the our tributes to uh, to poutine or uh, our tributes to baseline. Um, we throw all sorts of things out there for your enjoyment and for your consumption. And uh, we appreciate all those who uh, grab something. Uh, it helps the show a lot and it helps you look good when you go into the parks or you know, your local, local grocery. Anytime. I always pass the fit check. All right, fellas. With uh, that being said, 
Are you ready to bring our guest in? Absolutely. Bring him in here. I believe it's time. All right. And now the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time to reveal our special guest on today's episode. You may know him as For the Love of Theme Parks on Instagram. It is none other than Mr. Ryan himself. Ryan, hello. How you doing, man? Hey. <laughs> I am so happy to be here right now. I uh, I don't do many like podcast type stuff anymore. Uh, yeah. But I this is like I met you guys at the World of DVC event. I was like. Look at these. Uh, uh, what were you wearing? You're all wearing Roosevelt's. the Roosevelt's. Roosevelt. I was like, okay. So they know what's up. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah, I'm just happy to be here. Um, a little bit of background about me. If you haven't uh, seen my page for the Love of Theme Parks on Instagram, all the other stuff, uh, I am most widely known, at least when people say hi to me in the parks, <laughs> for uh, my video series, popular video series within the theme park sphere called Things at Disney World that gave me diarrhea. So if you've if you've heard of that, you know, I do theme park based comedy stuff mostly, some more informational stuff. Uh people get really mad about the informational stuff because I'm always wrong, obviously. So uh, <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, that's uh that's kind of the gist of this. That's why I'm a theme park fan is because yeah. I fell in love with content like this and now I'm producing it. I'm lucky enough to be in a position in Orlando to be able to do this on at least a weekly basis. That's awesome. So it's amazing. Yeah. And uh, you tag team with your wife, Isabel, correct? Yeah. We, um, she, uh, she appears in a lot of my content. I really produce a lot of stuff and she's basically like, okay, I need a plus one. She's showing up to this yeah. okay. <laughs> and she's seriously so amazing <laughs> with everything that she does for uh, the channel and our pages and stuff like that. Yeah. And we're, Happy to uh, share our love of theme parks with everybody, <laughs> pun intended. Yeah. So we're going to get into a couple of getting to know you questions, but anytime we have a guest on the show, we like to ask them an icebreaker question to kind of really reveal who you are inside. And so we're going to ask you the question of quick fire. What are your top five Pixar movies? Top five Pixar movies. Oh my gosh. Okay. So my number matters. one. In order matters. Okay, this is gonna get some heat. This is number one. Toy Story four is my one of my is my favorite, and nobody likes it. Jordan. Toy Story three, absolute garbage to me. Oh man. Uh, I know that's everybody loves that one. I'm sorry, but Toy Story four. I moved away from home. Uh, my family was a little upset, and like that's why. That's that's why I cried every time I see that movie. Oh man. Okay, second favorite Pixar movie of all time, uh, probably Soul. That movie made me quit my job. Awesome. <laughs> uh, awesome. Soul is amazing. Um, uh, number three, I'm only thinking of recent ones. Um, Soul is Pixar, right? Yeah, yeah Soul yeah. is Pixar. Yeah. Yes, okay. Soul um, is great. Pixar movies, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to say probably like, I guess number five. I'm going to skip down to number five. Confusing. Uh, um <laughs> The one with uh, Turning Red. I was going to say the one with Four Town. Uh, <laughs> Turning Red, I like that movie a lot. I understand that a lot of parents might not like that movie because they're like, rebel from your parents. Yeah. I get it, uh, but I don't have kids, so I like that movie a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, hey, uh, okay, I so I got it. three and four left. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, I got to like look at a list. I guess Monsters, Inc., 
I don't like know. Monsters University. Monsters Inc. is great. Yeah. It's a classic. I don't like jazz music, so that intro, I, I got to struggle through it. Um, but okay, so there's number three, and number four would have to be I I don't know. Is I'm just gonna say something recent because it's recent. Um, I guess Luca was really good too. Um, just just from a, a standpoint of like discovering yeah. you know different types of communities to be a part mm-hmm. of like discovering yourself through yeah. a coming friend of age and discovering and, oh yeah. like I, yeah. yeah yeah like it's it's definitely that's a big uh that's a big movie at least recently i definitely am missing something huge but <laughs> there's there's my top five yeah. Pixar. but yeah. for blindly shooting at the hip that's a hell of a list yeah <laughs> toy story 4 that was jordan's um, number one toy story 4 really no i i had toy oh. i had toy story i had toy story um you guys had a, the toy story original toy original story. Um, I had Toy Story three. That's I had right. Toy Story three. Yep. Yeah. Two is great. Yeah. Other than that one uh, post credit scene oh, yeah. that we don't talk about. Creaky <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> oh, Pete. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, next rapid fire question, I guess. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so out of your experiences of having diarrhea at the theme parks, um, specifically at Disney, what is your favorite? number what's your number one place and number two at disney um so normally if you ask me before i moved down here i would say the tangled bathrooms because like oh my gosh it's the most aesthetically uh, pleasing yeah Yeah, at least you saw the light exactly (laughs) um i could tell you okay i'll give you a worst one first um the bathroom that is shared between sci-fi uh (laughs) and abc commissary is like has not been updated since opening same with the (laughs) germany pavilion bathroom that's attached to uh whatever the uh the yeah the big restaurant there beer garden uh okay so favorite uh i mean honestly probably like either the new connections bathrooms or um uh something that's recently renovated like galaxy's edge yeah like, those are yeah, honestly those, really nice. those yeah. the sinks the theming you know, and all yeah it's just amazing yeah. uh, awesome so that's definitely those, those two are number one for sure awesome. i've knocked down the connections ones a few times <laughs> I last time I was there I had to apologize to this kid who was going in there after me. I look like I go out and I look my left and right and I'm like, oh crap, none of the rest of them are open. Sorry. <laughs> I like just wash my hands real quick and leave. Like <laughs> on brand. I love it. Yeah. So uh we want to give we want to make sure before we get into some more of our discussion topic, uh, we want to give our audience just a little bit uh opportunity to learn a little bit about you. Uh, your background, kind of how you got started, uh, you know, just kind of onslaught of everything. So, Ryan, you want to start off? All right. Just to just kind of kick things off, just, uh, you know, give us a little bit about just how you got started. Uh, what kind of led you to do what you're doing as far as present day? So how, how did you get started doing this whole thing? I feel like with a lot of, uh, similar to a lot of other creators and especially people that like fell in love with Disney history, which I love, absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really bored during a lunch break and I discovered the YouTube channel Defunct Land. Um, that and Bright Sun Films mm-hmm. as well as two big ones when it comes to like themed entertainment and being like, there's this form of storytelling that's like way different. It's not like a movie. It's not like a TV show. It's not like, you know, writing a novel or whatever. Yeah. It's like this immersive, like you have to like force somebody to look a certain way to tell that part of the story versus like, you know, just the amazing, you know, theme park sphere and history and you know, 
all the beef that is between CEOs of companies <laughs> and all like the weird stuff like that. And, you know, I fell in love with that. I had always gone to Disney as a kid and that is part of the story as well. But like I was never like, OK, this is where I'm going to end up until Same. all of that, all of that like YouTube renaissance between 20, I guess, say 2015 and 2017 of these, you know, history creators or vloggers or whatever. And, you mm. know. Eventually, we, uh, we, me and my wife were in Indiana at the time, which Indiana is a great state, um, but <laughs> there's not a lot to do when the world shuts down. Let me just say that. So we sped up our five-year plan and we moved down to Florida. We both were working semi-remotely at least. So we, okay, let's just make this work. Um, and then I worked a job here for three or four months and then I decided to switch to doing like freelance stuff and I was like I could just do like theme park content on top of that and like yeah I I do video stuff anyway so I might as well you know tackle that and I tackled that in the most uh um sterile way possible trying to be that like 10 tips of when you uh <laughs> what you things you need on a Disney trip whatever like Disney food <laughs> blog style whatever yeah. and everybody like that's what everybody tackles at first is like oh these big numbers that's what you're gonna get but like yep. I slowly realized like everybody's doing that so I just slowly started shifting into the more tonally a appropriate for me but i guess inappropriate for some people but it's like not it's not bad but you know that's kind of how i ended up where i ended up and why i'm doing what i'm doing and you know all that type of stuff yeah so, yeah yeah and that's kind of where you found your groove too is like you're tackling the topics that people don't want to really talk about they don't want to break the ice about it but once somebody else is talking about it then they'll talk about it like they're they're afraid to break that barrier you know yeah and i mean not even just like tackling like you know the like toilet humor jokes but also just like being like hey here are painful rides that i've been on at disney mm -hmm. that not yeah. any other influencer creator is going to tell you like yeah. i'm going to tell you don't ride whatever uh the the plunge ride slide i rode that for content at, at blizzard beach <laughs> yeah. the whatever the what is it called the big slide um i totally forgot but that like literally like almost like it felt like it cut my back oh. and i was like i need to tell people about this and not a lot of people are going to say that because mm -hmm. you know they want to be on disney's good side and i'm already at the point where it's like you know i i don't need to be invited to their stuff i know their stuff isn't that interesting anyway so <laughs> as long as i you know once this if i still get invited to <laughs> as long as i still get invited to knott's berry farm stuff at least i know my stuff is getting some traction disney i don't care whatever like <laughs> what you don't want to be invited to an event that shows you a bunch of features and things that don't even exist in the real world <laughs> and then they tell you oh by the way you can't film it all while you're yeah, here it's like you. well why am i here <laughs> It's a media I was event. invited as a content creator, and I can't create content. Yeah. yeah, so it is what it is. That's the same reason I don't really want to work for Disney ever. But, you know, that yeah. is whatever. So it's it's We're I'm, all about I'm hot very happy here. to be a fan. I'm happy to be a fan, for sure. Well, this was an easy transition into my question. So what is life like for Ryan? What What are you doing outside beyond the camera? And are you solely a content creator? So... I am not solely a content creator. Uh, outside of the camera, I am also around a bunch of other cameras because <laughs> my other gig that I have is I do freelance video work. Uh, I do video editing mostly, a lot of a few other different videography type things. So like that is also why if you've seen any of my type of content, if you have checked it out in the past or in the future, you'll notice uh, the production quality is slightly higher than a few different people that are within this sphere. And that's right. mainly because I'm a video professional. I went to college for this. I, I have at least five or six years of experience doing this already. 
And that is why. Uh, it's not because I pay somebody or anything like that. I People have asked me before. I, uh, I, I've met somebody at Disneyland who was like, oh my gosh, it's so nice to see you. Uh, are you the only person from your team that's here? And I'm like, what team? <laughs> so it's uh, amazing. I'm flat. And shout out, uh, shout out, Eric. Uh, we're still friends online. Awesome. He's super cool. Awesome. Uh, but like, yeah, that's that's kind of what I do outside of the theme parks. I still visit theme parks three to four times a week usually. I just don't document when I'm there always because I'm a fan and I want to be able to you know enjoy the parks and you know have a good time yeah still. and we had a bit of a discussion regarding that uh, the other day when we uh you know met up at magic kingdom that uh it's it's really a bad idea to announce that you're going to be at the theme park because then you might have like a sneaky mob like following you around trying to pinpoint where you're at and that just that's that's not and cool. that's not really not that's look. not that's not really what norm like that's never really happened to me it's it's happened to me when I'm with other people that are like have a huge following there, mm -hmm. but it's it's mainly it's happened to me where like some people will be like, oh hey, like I saw you're at the park today, let's let's ride like eight rides together, do this, and I'm like, I'm here That's I'm here with like my cousins, <laughs> like I'm sorry, <laughs> like you know, and and like absolutely I love meeting people and making new friends and every single person, almost every single person that I'll meet, I'll like make sure I follow them back and all this like I'm friendliest person ever but don't follow me and message me what i'm wearing at the park because that's line. happened before <laughs> you just don't cross that yeah is a crime. so but yeah no, i mean it's on private property i'm you know whatever but you know um yeah i mean i absolutely i i, I love visiting the parks but also anytime i'm at the parks i usually post the day after i'm there just yeah. simply because of that type of thing and it's like you know usually if i'm there and I post the same time. I'm sometimes there for an hour and then I leave. So yeah. I don't want I won't want people to be like, oh, super bummed. Like you know, I I'll just all automatically be able to auto response. Hey, this is always filmed the day prior or yeah. a week prior or whatever. So the joys of being a local, you can go do that one thing you want to do and get the hell out. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. That's the one the one uh, advantage I have over people that are uh, not local. So. Thanks for that. Yeah, thanks. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm there once a month, so I'm, I still I, I can kind of yeah, I can kind of like, pick and choose what I want to do. So um, next up, this kind of ties into what we're already talking about. But um, why did you decide to start creating theme park content? I know you already kind of hinted on it that it was going to be uh, a pretty easy grab for you being in Orlando to be able to constantly get stuff but what what was that thing that made you take that step to just say you know what i'm gonna be a content creator for the theme parks <laughs> oddly enough uh the thing that made me take that step i got hired by a travel agency that will remain nameless oh. to create content for them mainly in the style of like you know disney food blog mm -hmm. like list style like ah. tpm vids whatever i was working for them for two weeks and then my second paycheck did not go through and i quit <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh and then i was like well I was already producing this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was like my second job in Orlando already. And I was like, like I was already producing this. They didn't have me sign a contract. So like, I'm just gonna like do it myself. Yeah. And like, that's my first like handful of videos of stuff I was producing for them oh, that we didn't wow. even put out at that point yet. And I was like, whatever, I'll just change it to, I'll form an LLC and mm -hmm. for, for my thing and I'll do, I'll do my own thing and I'll try to, you know. And then I slowly figured out like, 
this takes a lot of effort to do these style, like list style videos mm -hmm. and everybody's doing them already. And like, there's only so much repeating you could do. Yep. So I was like, okay, I got to shift. I could maybe do vlogging. I've always, you know, shifted the style thing that I'm doing. And now I'm even like, I get heavy into like making mockumentaries yeah. about, you know, when the time Winnie the, the Pooh ran for president <laughs> um, or like, you know, do a fake documentary about like theme park merch resellers where they'll like go into the parks and buy merch and then put them up on eBay. <laughs> and like, I will like have my friend play a fake, like, like merch reseller and then like make it like, it's one of those like vice TV, like drug Lord documentaries where he's like all blurred <laughs> out. And like, he's like the deep in his voice and make it like, Oh, like he's like super tough and like all the, and it's like, like I want to take that approach, at least on my long form content mm -hmm. of like creating that sense of like realism in the way I produce it, but also around there, try to like, I don't know, like make it <laughs> goofy because nobody's doing that kind no. of stuff. And that's kind of, again, back to your original, the original question was like, you know, uh, that's why I wanted to do theme park content originally. Cause I was like, I could do what people are doing. And now I'm like, okay, this is my creative outlet. That's not corporate video stuff, I could do whatever I want. Yeah, right. And I'm luckily at the point with my reach on, at least on, you know, a couple of the platforms are like, people are going to watch it and mm -hmm. I could make anything the weirdest thing ever. I could, you know, sit in my office and do a VR video where I watch walkthroughs of theme, like Disney theme parks and break rules in VR. Yes. And like, that's the concept of it is that like, oh, like the I'm sweater not, like, that you, the other day you did one with the shirt. I was, <laughs> so amazing. Here's okay. Here's a little quick background to that. If you haven't seen this video, I have a video on YouTube that is like, we broke every Disney Disney world rule in VR. And basically we wear VR headsets, me and one of my friends, and we go through these walkthroughs that are available in 360 on YouTube. And we are basically walking through the park or riding a ride. And we have various different props. Like I'll be, you know, I'll have, um, I'll have a fake cigarette that I'm smoking on a ride or something like that. <laughs> or like I'll have a megaphone or like one of those big flags with the, you know, like tour groups or whatever, something like that. Um, and I, one of the gimmicks that I had for it was I had my wife use her cricket to print a, one of those Disney shirts that's like hashtag broke, but the O is the Mickey mouse ears. But I, I was like, okay, one of the main rules is you can't have shirts with profanity on it or like, you know, yeah. explicit content or anything like that. So I had her make one that said hashtag. And then it was the letter F and then the Mickey ears and then the letter C and the letter K. And I was like, okay, this is funny. Cause like I'm breaking a rule and I'm like, well, it's it technically not hilarious. swearing. And it's like, because of the, like, because of the Mickey mouse ears, which, you know, maybe I should, but I'm not selling it. So like, whatever. Can we do a collab right now? Can we announce the collaboration right now? <laughs> and the only mistake with that part of the video is that I left it on through the whole video. And now when I cut that video down into like short form bits down from the original 10 mm -hmm. minutes for YouTube, I'm like wearing the shirt with no context and everybody's like, what the heck are you wearing? I love it. <laughs> so Where can I get it? Yeah, that was, uh. yeah, that was, uh, that was a simple, uh, just, uh, took like literally five minutes on a sweatshirt that we bought at Walmart, like, you know, 10 minutes prior. So it was, it was pretty good. Yeah. Oh, that's but amazing. that's the type of content that's so, is so approachable and just so real life and relatable that, you know, people are going to gravitate to it just for the satire. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh, definitely. Like, I love that. And I also, the one thing I love doing is I love, uh, with a lot of content type of stuff, which I'm sure you you guys know this too, um, when you when you create like a piece of content, let's say a podcast or a YouTube video that you want people to get to, but like you have a more of a following on Instagram or on TikTok mm-hmm. or on YouTube or whatever, you got to create a piece of content that will redirect them over. Yeah. And uh, with that specific video and a few other ones, I kind of like led my followers to believe that like this video is about this and it really was, but it wasn't at the same time. So with this, me breaking the rules at Disney, I basically, my post was like, I got banned from Disney for breaking every single rule and you have to watch this video to see what happened. And like, it wasn't that. And like, obviously it's, it's, if you're actually a fan of watching my stuff, it's, you know, it's like, great. I'm glad you didn't. And they'll find some humor in that, whatever. Right, Right. A lot of, I lost a thousand followers on Instagram for doing that. Oh, no. You hit them with the old clickbait. <laughs> and no, that's what it was. And I, it's because um, oh, I it's, love this, it. is, this isn't a video form. I get it for you, but I've printed out one of the like the the yellow sheets of paper that's like trespass warning. And I was like, I was like holding it, and I like filled it out like it was from Disney. And I was like in my car, and I was like, guys. Um, I, I got some bad news. Yeah. Like I, unfortunately I won't be returning to the parks like all this, like, and it's the joke was, is that it's a joke. It's, like yeah, if you already followed joke. me, yeah. like literally 90% of my followers come to me from my comedy content and they're like, okay, you got me. That was most people. But then there was people who were like, how dare you? You led me to believe Just like this is absolutely clickbait. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, bowl. It's like, yeah, it's it's whatever. And I've done stuff similar to yeah. that since then. I let people, I made people think I was on Hot Ones. I was going to ask. Uh, so how many did you lose for uh, <laughs> leading people to believe you're on Hot Ones? Not a lot because when the, unfortunately, the uh, uh, 1.2% of people that clicked on that specific video it was in, the people that saw it thought it was absolutely wonderful. But unfortunately, that had a horrible reach on that video. And it was like, further in this the Winnie the Pooh documentary yep. thing that I did, which I would highly recommend to see if you haven't seen already. That one's my pride and joy. Uh but yeah, we're uh maybe I'll lean away from uh lying to people for comedy purposes. <laughs> well hey, can we you miss every shot you don't take, so yeah. exactly <laughs> can we lean into the Winnie the Pooh uh, topic a little bit and just the the obsession. Or the 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 background of where, it, where it all kind of came from for you. Of course. So, um, if you uh, let me preface this, uh, after you listen to this wonderful podcast, check out this video on YouTube. Absolutely. It is, I think, fifteen minutes long. It's it's I put about a month of worth of work into this. Not like forty hours a week, months worth of work. Uh, but like I basically I this idea sprung uh, between me and one of my friends, Emily, while we were with some other friends at uh, Portillo's. Shout out Portillo's, <laughs> Chicago classic. Um, uh, we uh, we started talking about like, oh, Winnie the Pooh ran for president in 1976 at Disney World and Disneyland and like oh that's pretty cool like what if i like made a i did a mockumentary style that's in the in the realm of one of the you know political documentaries but without really getting into any actual politics whatsoever but just making fun of the concept of like everything i'm presenting is fact everything is like all that type of stuff and you know making it seem like yeah Winnie the Pooh's this great guy but like there's some really <laughs> shady shit shit. that's going on (laughs) so um part of this is um i i 
knew that there was a Winnie the Pooh seven inch vinyl, which for the uh, for the other hosts of the podcast, I'm holding up right now on video, um, which is Winnie the Pooh for President. They had a song that came out for it. <laughs> it was like fully produced. They sold a huge line of merch at Sears, all this stuff. I was like, you know what? Like, there's enough. There's not a lot of video of this, so let me like hardcore, like heavy produce this interview all of my other creator friends. Yeah. And it originally started out like, oh, did you know Winnie the Pooh ran for president? Most people would either say no, or if they did, they'd give a little tidbit of information, and then i just build from there. And then it built, and then it built, and then it built and built, to the point where, you know, I had a, I infiltrated Winnie the Pooh's home that is the 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 tree, the tree house in front of his ride at Magic Kingdom, yeah. and I found all these documents that he shouldn't have had, and including, you know, a photo of him and I from when I was a kid, and I was like, why is, why is this in here and i confronted him at crystal palace about it but in a way where like the the cast member <laughs> was, was not great. it was it was I, it's basically it it led to a point where like and also with this whole thing too was like i don't want to be invasive i don't want to film cast members i don't want to film like all my right, all my right, content right. that i produce i blur out kids faces I'm like like i am as least invasive as possible when i'm filming in the parks mm -hmm. And especially when talking to cast members and I like basically what I did was I took this photo of me and Winnie the Pooh at when I met him at Crystal Palace when I was three or whatever. And I did a legitimate meet and greet with him being like, hey, you know, th here's a photo of me and you at this exact spot. I just want to thank you for everything you've done for me growing up because like you were one of my favorite characters, all this stuff. And it was like a really heartwarming video that I originally produced. And I was like, I could twist this to work with this documentary too. <laughs> oh, okay. And that was originally not shot for the documentary. <laughs> so like- Here comes the false I, flag narrative. <laughs> exactly. So and there's a lot of other, you know, uh, false voter registration stuff that comes up with a bunch of shout outs and other weird things <laughs> like that. A lot of hanging chads. So yeah. yeah, and there's a, there's a lot of, and also, like, if you are a fan of Disney content uh, itself, I have a, a few few handful of surprises of some bigger content creators that are featured in that video mm -hmm. as well. So definitely check that out. Um, Figment makes an appearance, too. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Just a whole <laughs> smear campaign against Pooh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wait till part two. Oh, uh, part we'll two. see what happens. <laughs> uh, we've been wanting to know about that. So that, wow. Yeah, I've. Thank that, you for asking, because nobody else asks about that. <laughs> That's Every, awesome. Nobody watched that video for. I watched it for no, what it, <laughs> for what it's worth. Like, I it should have so many more views, and it, I know that. Yeah. I know I'm self-centered to say that, but also like, I put like minimum like 120 hours in that stupid video. We're pimping this video so. out right now. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I instantly showed that to everyone. I was like, you got to watch this. This is because it's like it's just the satire, the over the topness of everything about it. It's just that's it. That's what got. And me. also, like one one other thing too is the editing in that is yes. like the um, the graphics and the like the opening like five seconds I spent like like yeah. five hours yeah. on. I was like, <laughs> I gotta God. really do oh, this. Hey, glad to be here, Sean. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Ever since we got into the game of content creation, we have a whole new respect for content creation and, and editing skills and all that stuff. So I appreciate that. Tip of yeah. the hat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but on to the next question here. Uh, where did your passion for theme parks come from and i know you answered this some earlier yeah um i mean so this is probably going to lead into another question because we outlined this previously to talking but i always had a passion for films for specifically live action films for some reason i was that weird kid who didn't like cartoons that much 
Um, so I I was really into the movie Hook. Yeah, the Back oh to the Future God. movie series, like yes. a lot of the Spielberg stuff, mm-hmm. and um, as much as like I was like, okay, we could go to Magic Kingdom, Mickey, Winnie the Pooh, Goofy, whatever. Mm-hmm. I was a big Pluto fan growing up, um, and I thought that was cool. But then when we expanded our trips to not just Magic Kingdom or Magic Kingdom and Epcot to Hollywood, sorry, whoa, my bad, MGM Studios. Yeah, we got we got to <laughs> we, we have to age ourselves real quick. <laughs> So we shifted to MGM Studios and doing the fake backlot tour they had there. And I was like, whoa, like, this is so cool. Like, I could actually see how movies are made. Maybe I like, like, wait, this is like people's jobs. Like, I don't have to like, first, obviously, I'm like, I could be a movie star one day. And then I'm like, but like, I'm so awkward when my mom pulls out the Polaroid. I'm like, I can't even do that if it's, you know, 24 (laughs) Polaroids a second. Like, I can't do that with video. So I decided, okay, well, like, maybe I could be on the other side of the camera. I could be a director. I could be George Lucas. I could be Steven Spielberg. I could be whatever. So I then started, like, every trip we took, which was usually every two years, fortunate enough to be in a position like that growing up. Because we were from the Chicago area, and that's that's a... yeah, that's a plane ride. Not that bad, but you know, very fortunate in that sense. And I found myself being like, "Okay, when's MGM Studios Day? When's MGM Studios Day?" And like, that was my favorite park growing up. And it's slowly shifted to Epcot mainly because I'm an adult now, and they got rid of a lot of my favorite stuff, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But like, Star Wars is still cool, and I love Star Wars. But uh, that was a major reason why I fell in love with theme parks. That and Universal Hollywood, when we did the backlot tour out there, oh. I was like, I get to see Back to the Future. I get to see Jaws. I get to see, like, all this is, like, real from movies. I mean, not Jaws, but the Back to the Future <laughs> facade was real. And, like, you know, you know, you see the, whatever, the flood scene from Big Fat Liar mm-hmm. and all this, like, like this cool, like, stuff that, like, okay, this is the real stuff now. And that was a step up from MGM. And I, MGM Studios was still my favorite, but I was like, you know, this is, you know, a great movie ride and all yeah. like Indiana Jones and all all the amazing stuff they had going on there. And it's just like, that was, I guess, the main reason that I fell in love with theme parks on top of what we talked about prior being like, you know, the second wave of me really diving into theme parks, I guess. So, so with that being said, if you could be in charge of creating your ride, what would you what would you create? Would it what IP would you base it on? What be the premise of the ride? What would be your dream ride creation at Walt Disney? Okay. World? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I've talked about this. I mean, okay, well, it depends. Disney would have to buy the rights to a movie franchise in order for me to get the ride that I really want to see. And it would be, it would be in Tomorrowland and it would be similar, not really Tron, but I guess it would be more of a test track type ride, but it would be instead of a ride where you'd be like driving on a sim track, you'd be like a hanging version. It'd be like a flying car. Uh, And it would be a ride based off of the uh, 2017 cinematic masterpiece that is Blade Runner 2049. (laughs) Very specific and nobody's literally like nobody who's listening to this would know what that is. That's kind of a joke, but also it would go in the place of Tron and I think it'd be, I think it'd be a pretty good fit or just like, I don't know. That's the thing is like my very specific interests would not be what a lot of people match it up with or like, you know, like, It'd be a movie. It'd be like I'd love to see a hook land or a yes. uh, a Star movie. Wars episode three oh. land. 
Uh, I know not a lot of people like Revenge of the Sith, but you know, Star Wars Episode Three is definitely my favorite um, out of the Star Wars ones. So that'd be cool for me. Um, I'm not an Imagineering type. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I wish I wish I could be, but those everybody who works for Imagineering and all the creative contractors they have. Mm -hmm absolutely amazing and they're doing yeah. a great job on mostly everything and mostly. um uh yeah yeah maybe we'll get to that a little later yeah. but <laughs> i'm sure we but will i that's definitely like it'd be a dream job and i'm sure all, all all three of you would agree is to be able to work in that creative capacity but oh yes it's it's just about like you know sometimes leaving it to the professionals if that makes sense like maybe yeah. one day but yeah all right so let's dive into some uh, some things that are very it seem very uh very near and dear to your heart ryan and that would be the some history of disney and uh specifically i believe uh, we'd like to focus today on mgm studios absolutely <laughs> i love mgm studios now i am not like a theme park like history, like creator, because there are those great creators who do that right, type of right. stuff. But I am somebody who is fallen in love with those types of videos and the like actually going in and doing research myself, reading books on this stuff. And like I MGM Studios is by far the most fascinating because of, you know, the origins of it in the first place. Yeah. I'm sure some you guys probably know this already, but to view listeners who might not know MGM Studios was literally in retaliation to Universal <laughs> building a park in Orlando. Yeah. This was um, Michael Eisner's level of petty. <laughs> so uh, Michael Eisner was working for Paramount at the time as one of their executives there. And Paramount was being pitched a ride collaboration with uh, the new Universal Studios Florida park that was going to be opening in Orlando. And I believe, I don't know if it was confirmed or not, but the ride was basically, they were looking to purchase the rights to, like, it was, I think it was like the Hanna-Barbera ride that was then Jimmy Neutron mm -hmm. and it's now yeah. Minions. Mm -hmm. um, and they were looking to do some type of partnership with Paramount, all this type of stuff. And he ended up leaving that job for Disney. And then he quickly goes and he's like, hey, <laughs> we got to build a park that's a movie studio and we got to do it better than Universal because they're taking their sweet ass time yeah. and we got to like really kick it up a notch. <laughs> and that park was built in like a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. kicked that into overdrive. They opened it with what one attraction? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, there's technically two rides when it opened. So, um, it, it, the two rides that opened were the Great Movie Ride, Rest in Peace, um, which is now Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, and the Backlot Tour, which was a tour of the fake backlot that they pretended was a real backlot. <laughs> yeah. um, that's one of the things that I. Uh, fell for as a child, as they intended, um, where they, oh, they film in here every day. They even had fake camera operators like you will see on Indiana Jones, the stunt show, yep. where there'll be somebody on a camera dolly from a camera from 1989 that they haven't uh, replaced yet. <laughs> and they were like, oh, they're always filming here. And yeah, there was some stuff that did, did film there. Um, uh, famously, I think Honey, I Sh blew up the kids, not Honey, I Shrunk mm -hmm. the Kids. Uh, one of the sequels of that, they filmed parts partially there. Some uh, TV show starring Hulk Hogan called Thunder in Paradise. Oh, my um, favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that was not that good of a show, and that's the point. Uh, but um, 
basically that was kind of what made me fall in love with it. And but those were the only two rides that originally opened. There was some yeah. some different TV not, uh, TV shows, some different sound stages that had some um, uh, some different like walking through on how they do fully work, which is like the audio mm-hmm. type stuff. And they had special effects shows and other things like that. Little things like they have at Universal in Hollywood. Um, and that was kind of how it opened. And I don't personally, I probably would not have wanted to be their opening day no, because no. there were, there was two rides and from people that I've listened to talk about that were there on opening day, they were like, it was noon and we were leaving. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it is, and Indiana Jones wasn't there at the time. It, that was not an opening day show. The, um, star star tours was not there until december of the following Mm -hmm. year and like it was it was very bare bones of a park and definitely one that you should pair with you know river country or a different water park or a resort day um so yeah that basically that like opening time frame at least that's that's something that really really interests me because you know i don't want to dive way deep into these other shows that they had there but they had a they had a uh Foley art show that was about doing sound for stuff, which the actual show itself was starring Chevy Chase and um, who else was in it? Uh, Martin Short. And that was, I think, the the first sound show. Yes, yeah, about, about uh, Monster Sound Show, and they were they were uh, a part of this show that was talking about how like you know you create the sounds that make this atmosphere what it is. They had guests that were able to get up on stage and create the footsteps and create the door creaking and all this type of stuff. And funny, funny enough, um, um, the pre-show itself, which was basically the cameras before you, the, the, the TVs before you went in there, was hosted by David Letterman, wow. which was a really weird, you know, celebrity spot to have yeah, in there. But at so the time, random. he was one of the one of the most popular night show hosts, mm-hmm. and there was some jokes that were a part of that spiel at the beginning that were definitely would never fly at Disney now. I will tell you that. You can look that up on YouTube at some point. There's some no, pretty some pretty yeah. racy stuff in there, <laughs> oh um, including including saying uh, like he did a top ten list, and one of them was uh, like number one was like uh, you know if you don't follow the rules. Uh, a security guard uh, wearing Mickey gloves will beat you with a baton and take your wallet. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what on earth is this? <laughs> like, so pretty crazy. Uh, a lot of stuff they got away with originally, yeah. but yeah, MGM Studios originally not the best park, and I'm sure you guys could probably agree. When, mm-hmm. like, question for you guys? Yeah. Ooh. When was the first visit that you guys did to MGM? God, we had to be maybe six or seven ryan would been five or six at the time um i yeah. i mean we we were there meet and greeting with the ninja turtles when they when yep. they were there yeah playing that zone a lot i mean i remember it vividly i mean we still have photos of of us very very young um we've been dying that. and to to find those uh pictures yeah they're in the archives we need to find them yeah but uh yeah so very early age i mean that's what we we were here in florida um in northeast florida so it you know we're we were lucky enough to i mean that's what we did we went to the theme parks every at least every summer um and yep spring uh, breaks whatever you name it and a lot of times it was the three of us together doing it um and so yeah, we grew up together going to theme parks, and that's where it's kind of where our affinity 
kind of started and uh, our, you know, our relationship and, and, and doing things together is where all that started too. But um, yeah, and that's really probably the genesis for why we are, why we're here today doing all, doing yep, a lot of is. the same stuff. Yeah. We, we actually recall that exact instance uh, quite a bit on our podcast. So uh, glad you brought that question up because it's something that we, we cherish that memory and uh, we're, we're very fond of it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's, again, that's part of the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing as well because of, you know, those early trips and especially MGM studios, yeah. like I said before, like, you know, being able to see this is a real job, I decided, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to try to be a movie director, all this stuff. You know, I didn't really want to live in California that much. So I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, well, I guess I could do this on a small scale. And that's what I am doing. Yeah. But, right. you know, being able to now, you know, be able to tell jokes like I would have seen during uh, Sounds Dangerous starring Drew Carey. <laughs> at MGM mm -hmm. studios or, you know, little, little jokes that the, uh, the tour guides would make on the great movie ride or, you know, uh, who wants to be a millionaire, play it. Or like these little, like, like old pieces of MGM studios where once in a while I will slip stuff in there in my content, like a joke that was written as part of a ride. If somebody gets it, they get it. If not, yeah. That's not the focus of the video anyway. You got the chuckle and that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I will say like 50% of my stuff I make for me yeah. anyway, so <laughs> relatable. <Yeah. laughs> and I don't I don't know. I don't mean to be asking you guys questions. No, please do. No, no, no. But no, okay, okay, cuz like so I guess if we're if we're talking old MGM Studios mm -hmm. rides, shows, mm -hmm. like let's say you all are pulling up when you're, you know, either, you know, high school age or whatever, maybe you're at the parks without parents yeah. or something, let's say like that. What are you, what are you guys doing first? Like, what is the first thing, at least in MGM studios, what are you, what are you going to hit up first? Because I always had a number one thing that I would always do first, at least when I was in that age range. Indiana Jones was always the, the affinity for me when I was very young it, it kind of like amazed me like that it was like kind of that little bit of um larger than life suspenseful thing i was yeah. super, a big fan of the movies and seeing that you know that boulder roll down and stuff I, that was that always stood out to me so that's what i would have gravitated towards is, is that because that's the first thing i still remember if you ask me about that time in my life in MGM, it's Indiana Jones is the first thing I think of. Man, I, I'd probably have to go with Star Tours. Um, and even still today, that's like anytime I go to Hollywood Studios, I, I think it's really nostalgia more than anything that, that keeps pulling me to it just to kind of relive those memories. But Star Tours would have to be my, my number one, you know, dating back to that far. Uh, around the high school years, I was big into my, you know, I was a trumpet player all throughout my uh my school years and uh marched in dci shortly after graduating and uh so around that time frame i would probably have gravitated towards something like parades uh or something just with music like prominent to a, maybe the great movie right you could, could fit in that as well uh i think i think something around there would, would be so mine. i'm shocked that none of you said the rock and roller coaster are you are you not roller coaster fans? <laughs> 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 or like Tower of Terror or like yeah. like 
That's been a I know. close second. I feel okay. like either one of those would seem a little cliche to <laughs> to almost have it number one, like because they're they are the two like headlining icons of the park, at least d- dating back to that era. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like like I was saying, the the memory tied to Star Tours because I like at that point in time, you know, as a kid, I would have been too young or you know at least too scared to ride something like Rock and Roller Coaster. But like as a high school student, I would have probably tried it. Yeah, no, it's definitely like for me, I was like also another weird thing. I'm sure we all were led to believe uh, when we were younger that Aerosmith was the biggest band in the world. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And then you grow up and you're like, you're especially, I know a few of us are like kind of into music. Yeah. You're like looking at like, you know, you're Googling numbers one day when you're an adult and you're like, Aerosmith isn't that big of a, I mean, they're a big band, they're big. but like, they're just around for 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> they were also the second choice of that ride in the first place. Yeah. So that's another, like, that's another part of history where um, it's, they were like, Oh, okay. They're cheaper than this other band, <laughs> uh, which I don't do. Any of you know what that I, other band I have is? No idea. Actually. Any I'm, guesses on what that other band might've been? I'm just going to throw a name out there. Def Leppard. Oh, I that would have been a much been better. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually envisioning uh, that right now. Maybe Van Halen or White Snake. See, I Van Halen is one Van of my Halen favorite bands awesome. of all time, so I would have loved that. Uh, they went with something way bigger, and unfortunately, it was because uh, the guitarist and singer wanted way too much money on a yearly contract. Sounds like basis. a Beatles thing. <laughs> uh, no, a very close guess. The Rolling Stones were the original wow. band that were pitched. Oh, f- Mick for... Jagger, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Who yeah. else? Bodbeck. Um, and I mean, to be fair, it's iconic. Sure, but yeah. you know, I guess they could have. They could have. That ride boosts any band that might be in there, mm-hmm. in you know, at any point in time. As of right now, we don't know. Maybe Aerosmith's going to stay in there. There's rumors that they might be leaving, but yeah, I feel like slope. no, they yeah. put it as a power line ride. Yes. <laughs> hey, listen, man. Yeah, see, I, see? So I okay. I don't. I don't mean for the whole thing to be like, oh, well, I did this piece of content and let me promote this. <laughs> oh. So plug it, plug it. One of my, one of my, my second ever TikTok that I made was a video where I was like, "Hey, Rock and Roller Coaster is outdated. Goodbye, Aerosmith." Like it was, it didn't sound like this. It sounded much better than this. I sound like an idiot. Uh, Basically, I pitched the idea of having a goofy movie ride, and that because you know Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway had just opened, Mm -hmm. and you know I said. It would be great to be able to go on this road trip with Goofy and Max and yes. be launched. That's my concept towards, I yeah. had. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, I made this video. That was my first video that like got like a hundred k views, and I was like, "This is insane!" And mm-hmm. TikTok that that is that it still is insane. Um, and then I chilled out on it, and then I was running out of content a few months later. I was like, "I'll repost this," and then it blew up even more the second time, and. Uh, now I guess one of my friends, uh, uh, Jason Marsden, the voice of Max Goof, yeah. reshared it like multiple times, and he was like, "Yeah, let's make this work." And I've met oh, I've met up with him a few times since That's then awesome. and stuff. And it's like it's like insane to me that like you know, Goofy movie is one of my favorite movies. Yes, and we're all part of that era. Yes, yes. yeah. And I. Um, more specifically, I like the extremely goofy movie better, but that's because that I'm a little younger and that came out like around the right age for me. But I like I I seriously think that if they went with a fictional 
movie character. Oh my god! Like they, if they go the route where it's like, okay, we're it's this family ride, Max and Goofy, and then also Power Powerline is on there too. They don't even need to highlight that. But the fact that these new candy that they just released, the Power Dude. Limes, yes, were sold out at Disneyland and Disney World. Yes. There's yep. a market for it. There's there a is market. a market for that nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. And just, you know, new Disney Plus series, you know, Max and Goofy, you yeah. know, give some voice actors some work. You know, just don't <laughs> well, make it don't don't make Max the voice by Seth Rogen or something. I don't want to see <laughs> that. <laughs> Please. And you don't have to make it Mandalorian pricing. You know, just... No, no. You can do it cheap, 2D animation. I'll animate it. Whatever. <laughs> and see like the the people of like our age group, like the people that are that are in their mid twenties to like, you know, their late thirties, we are very nostalgic people. So like, and we're the main, we're like the main demographic that's attending parks right now and putting money into the tourism. So they kind of need to lean towards that, you know, the, the main base, but even still today, what that movie came out in 95, 96, yeah, and 95, it still yeah. holds so much relevance. I mean, I seen somebody well, at magic kingdom. Comeback. Yeah, I seen somebody at Magic Kingdom last weekend with a Powerline lounge fly. Like, it's still relevant. I mean, at time of recording, I think it's at, what, 20, almost 30-something years, like, uh, uh, anniversary of that movie coming out. Like, yeah, it 28, is I believe. There. 28, yeah. just like, yeah, a week or so ago. Time yeah, of I feel old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely one of those nostalgia acts that they can pull from. They just... I think they need to have some other type of material backing it. Mm -hmm. They yeah. brought a DuckTales game around Epcot. Yeah. That's that's what replaced, you know, Kim Possible and whatever. Phineas Ferb. Phineas and Ferb and stuff. And if that's because there was a new series that came out. They're like, okay, mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't the reason that they started the series to be able to have it as a, you know, phone app game around Epcot. But... You know, if they if it synergy wise works, I know Chapek isn't you know the leader of the company anymore, but he's the synergy, you know, god. Yeah. So maybe they maybe that was a on the back burner at some point. Maybe that's something they could be picked up. I don't know. I yeah. I hope I'd much prefer that over them picking a band that in three years is going to be outdated or a really old band. I know Queen is one of the rumors and. Taylor Swift has always been a rumor, and I guess that would be a hey, that'd be a big money maker. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, um, uh, they, they, she sold out three nights in Tampa uh, in a row at the Buccaneers Stadium. So I, I will admit that would be you know a smart money move, but yeah. Oh, I think I could jam to blank space on that roller coaster though. I'm not gonna lie. Or they just make it whatever, and you could pick your song. You know, yeah. like like uh, a jukebox Universal. request. <laughs> Exactly. Well, then it's like, um, then it's the Rip Ride Rocket. <laughs> I mean, Which I love yeah. that. I love the ability that every single time I'm on that ride, yeah. I just go to the hard rock metal <laughs> section and then just pick uh, Rollin' by Limp Biscuit because that's yes. the only song oh that should be played yes, on that absolutely. ride. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Yes. I want to punch something. <laughs> oh, so uh, what is your uh, opinion on the Voyage of the Little Mermaid? What is the status on that thing right now? Like, what is the deal with it? Uh, I definitely did not hear this from a cast member who works at Hollywood Studios, but it's currently a storage space for merch. <laughs> so <laughs> that thing gone. I don't it gone. Yeah. So I, I would love to see more entertainment back there. Yeah. But also, they have a far more popular princess show literally 100 feet away across the mm -hmm. uh, the hub of the park. Mm -hmm. So yeah. 
Um, if they, they have a lot of valuable real estate in that area, uh, meaning the, um, that and the launch bay yeah. that is currently nothing. Yeah. They've actually got um, a little bit extra property behind those buildings too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. they, they, I think they have like some offices and stuff, but like, you don't need to have that no. there. Just, just move yeah. it. Like, you know, you have parking lot space you could dive into for that if you want to rebuild yeah. a building. And I think Launch Bay is actually in a really weird spot now with with uh, Galaxy's Edge. I, oh, I think absolutely. they're going to be addressing this at some point because there's a serious disconnect. And the I only mean, thing even is, with, yeah. Sorry, what were you saying? Well, like because I remember one of the last times we did a meet and greet with uh, like a BB-8 or Chewbacca in the Launch Bay area. I actually seen a cast member come through one of the cast member only doors, and it's literally nothing but parking garage behind that building. Yeah, it's a, it's a big. I don't know the design of that park. I know they were trying to go for something different because, yeah. uh, you know, design of theme parks has always been okay. Walk up to the center point and then you divide off into separate lands. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. that's you know the I'm Walt design, and we they were slowly like okay, well we could we could do something different. And they at the time when they opened, literally fifty percent of the park was part of the backlot tour. Mm -hmm. The whole streets of New York where, you know, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and all that type of play areas and stuff like that, you couldn't get to that until, like, unless you got on the tram and then there was a lunch break halfway yeah. through. And I'm not even kidding. <laughs> yeah. Like, you could not get yeah. to there. So that was... It was a two and, and a half was, hour ride. Like... <laughs> They they had they had cast members stationed at the front telling people, yeah. okay, just so you know, this could be a four hour experience. <laughs> and like I, I don't like and that was that was why it was kind of okay that they only had two rides when yeah. it opened, I guess. So it you know, that's kind of why the park is designed like that, and they're in an unfortunate spot where they can't just completely rip everything out and redesign it. And if they could, yeah. they would. But uh, at this point, there's two major dead ends to the park, and they kind of have a loop, but not really. Mm. Uh, so uh, without completely redoing the whole structure, they'd have to um, d unfortunately demolish a parking garage and launch bay. Yeah. And, you know, I know Disney Junior is a big draw, but unless Bear in the Big Blue House comes back, <sighs> I'm never going to see it. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. We just dated ourselves, fellas. Yeah, and, uh, Hollywood. In my opinion, Hollywood Studios is probably actually not probably. It is the worst park to handle a large crowd on a busy day out of any of the Disney parks. It's yeah. nothing but funnels and bottlenecks. Like seriously, it was even yeah. worse when they were building Toy Story Land. Mm -hmm. oh, I couldn't even imagine. To, remember the entrance of Toy Story Mania where it used to be? Yeah, Pixar. Yeah, yeah, that whole area, and it just led to a freaking wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I mean, even at that time, there was like nothing to do with that park. Mm -hmm. There was nothing. That was nothing. like one of the last trips that I took before I moved down here in 2017, which that was a couple weeks. Wait, no, I think it was a year. Yeah, we were there, I think, a week before um, uh, Pandora opened in 2017. So um, basically, Toy Store wasn't open. Star Wars Land wasn't nope. open. There was like, and, you know, we were there with my brother and my nephew and he was like only there for star Wars. And yeah, it's really cool to see, you know, captain phasma march down, you know, Hollywood Boulevard and see the little stage show with all the characters and stuff. But it was, it was such a, there was nothing to do, especially with having a, a six year old. It's like, yeah. what do you yep. do at that park? Like, and then on top of that, they closed great movie ride to refurbish that. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
and so there was a couple months there where it was like what it, there's nothing there's absolutely nothing here there's tower of terror rock and roller coaster and star tours and like that's pretty much it so uh yeah i yeah <laughs> and you can go to the pizza building... planet arcade <laughs> <laughs> well and remember they were building uh lightning or doing the building for lightning mcqueen's racing academy too so that area right beside rock and roller coaster was under construction yeah and it's the the whole like <laughs> trip bad. after trip after that i was like that they announced that uh racing academy was opening and i was like oh my gosh this is you know first time isabel's going to disney mm -hmm. we're getting a new ride and then i then we when did it, it i was like oh wow. my oh, okay. wow. <laughs> so i want to go to california yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean the yeah. car's ride out there is far superior yeah, obviously yeah. and yeah. um yeah, I'm, I'm kind of back to older MGM stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, another question for you guys. Um, what, out of the shows there, other than Indiana Jones, obviously, do you have any fond memories of other, like, behind-the-scenes type, like, we're going to take you behind, like, did you ever volunteer for any of these shows? Did anyone in your family or party volunteer for this? No, not at studios. The only memory I have of those type of rides and, like, those those interactive experiences were at universal um, Same with the nickelodeon well and like that. they did the um the the earthquake show there at universal and my dad was a volunteer for it they pulled him to do the the falling act and stuff uh, for for that um so that was pretty cool to see kind of the special effects behind the scenes which is what they had there is you know similar premise but um but yeah no no involvement there of of those shows um i know i said let's lean away from indiana jones we're going back to indiana jones real quick <laughs> this is one of my favorite stories to tell people um so we were this was when i was in middle school so it was extremely extremely embarrassing to have your dad volunteer mm -hmm. for a show for any type of thing if there's you know a magician who's up on some <laughs> magician dinner thing yes. like please please no yes. you know so uh they were it was at the beginning of the indiana jones show and they were obviously asking for volunteers so they could have you know spoiler they have one of them is a plant and they aren't actually a volunteer and they're one of the stunt actors sorry to spoil that for anybody who doesn't know <laughs> but my dad was picked as one of the volunteers and he came up he's like yeah you know my name is i'm from chicago all this stuff you know and he was very energetic about yes. it and they were like sweet we got this cool guy whatever he then after that they uh, they send them into the back where they go up the stairs and then they go to the backstage area they're then dressed up in this streetwear that so that during the second scene they could be you know streetmosphere actors mm -hmm. and that's kind of a cool thing to have and it was cool and after that my dad was recognized in the park later in the day because he is a very distinct figure to himself and he also was very over the top with mm -hmm. it and he was a celebrity and he was so <laughs> just full of it, it. Yeah, no, it was uh it was great for him. <laughs> and then the following the following year, we go there and uh we're seeing the Indiana Jones show, and of course our whole family again, I'm still in middle school. This is a back to back year trips, and uh he volunteered. They called on him, sir, over in the, the oh, you know, the bright orange shirt. And he's like, oh, my gosh, he stands up and he walks to the top of the stairs and he goes backstage. He just knows where to go. Because he knows what he's doing. 
he did not go down and say, I'm, you know, Ron from Chicago. No, he just went backstage by himself and then he showed up and they were all like, sir, uh, this is a cast member. Oh, I, I volunteered. I, I'm one of the, I'm one of the extras. I'm one of the talent. <laughs> so, uh, he didn't get kicked out True of the True dad fashion. But he ended up being in the, the rest of the show, but like then he, um, he, they dressed him up in the same exact outfit, whatever. He did the thing and he was over the top. But because he didn't do that introduction earlier in the day, like in the show during the pre show, he, um, nobody the rest of the day said anything to him. And he kept looking around like, <laughs> he's waiting for, are people going to recognize yes. me from this show? And it's like, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, then, you know, it, it made me feel good, I guess, that. <laughs> He 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 was trying really hard and it wasn't happening uh, because the day prior he got a uh, galactic hero on uh, on Buzz Lightyear oh, and he yeah. rubbed it in my face so I was like yeah. okay I'll knock you down a few pegs here <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's that's definitely one of my fondest memories of MGM and yeah I don't know I I at this point would never volunteer to be a part of one of those shows <laughs> I was saying we're well, gonna see you. Uh, maybe I did talk about doing it with a couple friends at, uh, at the Enchanted Tales with Belle at Magic Kingdom. Oh, uh, Ryan just did that for I, the first time. <laughs> yeah. Me, me and two of my daughters, uh, were in the show. It was awesome. That's awesome. I've never done it because, uh, I don't, I'm normally never at the parks with any kids and, you know, being, a. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, I see you like the party. But, I like the party too. <laughs> but I think I, I'm going to say this, and somebody's going to steal the idea. But I want to get together a bunch of my like actor slash cast member friends to all like go to the very last show of that in the night, and like only have us be in the, the showroom, just an adult, and all takeover. volunteer. And then just like overact and make it like the biggest thing ever. And I know what it is. I haven't seen it, but like, you know, as long as we time it right and we aren't super awkward with whoever, with the bell that's there, I think we'll be good. Bell, <laughs> uh, just fair warning. This is going to be the PG 13 version. <laughs> I don't know if we take it that far. Borderline cringe. Let's just leave it there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I'd love for them to have more stuff like that in the parks and I'm sure they could, they could, they could really go all in. They could honestly launch Bay could be so much more. They could have one of those, you know, you know, VR walls that they mm -hmm. use in Mandalorian. They could like, yep. they could really yeah. actually bring out that behind the scenes stuff that they're using now because they have a lot of it just sitting on a shelf. One of the, you know, one of the uh, TIE fighters is from the Mandalorian that's yeah. just in like that was featured in the first season or in one of the movies or something that's in Galaxy's Edge. Mm -hmm. They can still bring that stuff in. They could hide, you know. Yeah, they got little glass boxes and launch bay that they're like, this was used in there, but most of it's not really. It's yeah. like, but you know, I don't know. I'd love to see more of that, and I'd love to see more interactive shows come back. Maybe not American Idol, but uh, <laughs> nah, that ain't maybe it. some other stuff. Yeah. So what would you what would you bring back if you could bring back one of the defunct? rides or attractions what would you oh, bring Lord. back to mgm from mgm days to hollywood studios um so i would normally say uh the great movie ride but we have touched upon that already one thing i would 100 percent try to bring back would be lights motors action uh part of the 
uh, year of a million dreams, which lasted five years. They introduced this this car stunt yeah. show, which was beyond any other stunt show that has ever happened in the parks, budget wise. Mm-hmm. Anything that's happened, danger wise. I mean, I do love the uh, Waterworld stunt show, and that's still going. And Indiana Jones is still going. And the Bourne stunt tacular is wonderful too. But I don't know. I, I I'm assuming you guys saw yes. Lights Motors action countless times, especially being more local than from chicago right yes yeah yeah absolutely that was in the streets of america right the 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 old streets of america area that was back like just beyond the like new york street Mm -hmm. and then also it took over the space of what used to be residential street part of the back lot tour where they had the fake golden girls house and all that other you know yeah that type of the the herbie love bug animatronic Mm -hmm. that they used to have back there and all that type of stuff but they were able to make it work where the back lot tour was still open during that and that was kind of honestly that was probably the biggest loss of putting in the um, Galaxy's Edge is that show stopping. Yeah. Because that was a huge draw. It was like, I think it sat like 10,000 people, something mm-hmm. crazy like that in those stands. Like, it's that's a huge people eater when you're talking, yeah. you know, moving people in that park. Galaxy's Edge is great, though. I'm not going to knock that. That's, yeah. It's a big. It's a big. It's necessary in rebuttal to Harry Potter world, <laughs> yeah. And stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean that's the that's they the needed direct, something. Yeah, that's the direct uh, response to to Harry Potter and Diagon Alley. You know, is 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 Galaxy's Edge. So, so what 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 do you think? Um, would you bring back the the giant sorcerer hat, or do you think it's better now that it's gone? So if we're talking, so talking about the I guess the sorcerer hat, that is my MGM Studios. Because I, I, I was born in 95 and I grew up in falling in love with that park. And that was like, that was my memory of it because I didn't remember anything before that was there or I was just not too fond of that park before it was there. And I was like, okay, you know, all the, all the promotional stuff had that sorcerer hat on it too. The resort TV, when you went back to the room, had the hat on it. Like that is the icon of the park. Um, now, design-wise, I think it was kind of dumb. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because yeah. it's covering up like the actual focal point, the iconic Hollywood yeah. Chinese, Chinese theater. theater. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like so. I, you know, now I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird, and especially because the main attraction of the park was being covered up too. Mm-hmm. But it kind of did make it like, okay, this is the castle, and the carousel that's behind it is that iconic ride. I. I guess that's their excuse. Yeah. But well, like, why wouldn't they put it at like the Fantasmic Stadium area or like in the middle of Echo Lake, like somewhere where it's not hiding a centerpiece? Like, yeah. But I think what they wanted is they wanted to create that Magic Kingdom moment where you walked yeah. out, you, you hit that corner around Main Street, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's the castle. I have to take a picture. I got a photo op, all that stuff. Because, yep. One thing that people look over about Disney promotional material, a lot of Disney promotional material is people going home and going through videos and photos with their neighbors and their family Mm -hmm. and being able to look back on a scrapbook and being like, we should do that again. That's a huge, you know, when 75% of your customers are return customers, you want to create those memories. And that's one way that they did it. And I don't blame them, but maybe, you know, I don't know. They couldn't move great movie ride. So right. <laughs> that was that was not an option. But yeah, I guess yeah, back to bringing stuff back. Either great movie ride or um the uh um lights motors action is definitely 
one for me. How about how about you guys? Because I'm sure there's also a few other things. Luckily, we still have Indiana Jones. But. Yeah, I, yeah. I was actually worried there for a little while of if it was going to come back, you know. Um, but I mean, honestly, I mean, I know we can't have it, but the last time, so I had a little bit of a hiatus from about 2005 to 2000, 2008, 2010. I didn't really go to any of the any Disney parks. I, I was really Universal, all in. That's kind of those were my parts of choice. Attacking really like Harry Potter had just opened and and doing all that jazz. And then I went. It was either 2008 or 2010. I went to I went to um, Hollywood Studios, and it was this was backlot was still there. And so we did the backlot tour, uh, the the version of it that existed then. And even though it was still shorter and stuff had been taken away from it that was still like a vivid memory for me um, of that truck, that sim, that, you know, tanker sliding down and, you know, like, and then just seeing the, when you you mentioned iconic landmarks of like the sorcerer hat, I instantly went in my mind, I went water tower. Like, and so going right past the water tower, like that, that to me was, was still my studios. And so that's what I, Yes, we got Galaxy's Edge because it's gone, but I would still would love to have the back lot still. Do there. you guys think that like Galaxy's Edge is uh like how much was it worth it? Like I just I want to Absolutely. It was worth it. It was worth it. I mean, if you look at the longevity for the for the business and for for them as a whole, what is done, I mean, it's yeah, they've sunk a lot of money into it. But they've made so much money off of it too, and knowing that now I haven't experienced the you know California version of it, um, but knowing that this went you know hours in Florida is larger and you know more kind of spread out, um, it just ho- it leads to me uh, you know to think that maybe we'll get further expansion on it as well, and as these storylines progress and the canon grows, then we can it, that can grow with it too um but yeah i think it did a lot of great things it's one of the most detailed experiences you'll have in any place the fact that you can walk in and you actually feel like you're in a different like on a different planet you hear the the you know the the sounds around you and stuff like they did a great job with it so yeah it there are things that i wish didn't fall casualty but in the big picture it was it was worth it well yeah, I, I think that uh the initial footprint of it to me is too big as far as the whole area itself. I think that to me, there's a lot of wasted space in there. If you think of like the underground tunnel entrance, I know that they kind of want to make that transition where you're leaving um, the area by Muppet vision and all that uh, and try to make that big transition moment. But I feel like the footprint of it is a little too large, but like you're saying, if there's possibility for expansion, then there's already room warranted for it, but I feel like it took away too much available space initially. Well, yeah, I mean, you could always, you know, go over to the the Galactic Star Cruiser and have have a have a grand time. Um, Unfortunately, that's part of the space that I'm sure yes. they allocated for yeah. expansion. Yeah, and I mean, no offense, but. Has anybody has anybody done it? No, here? nor yeah, uh, no. that doesn't fit yeah. into my price range. 
unfortunately. <laughs> exactly. So that, that's that's part of it is that they're, at the same time, Disney did do a good estimation of we need this amount of space for crowd flow. We need to not be limiting people who could at least get in there and see the Falcon. Yeah. That's great. But they at the same time, they said, OK, well, people love this. Let's like step it up a notch. Let's really see how much like people will travel over to England to see the Star Wars celebration. They'll travel wherever, you know, like, you know, they severely overestimated the, the price on a hotel stay for two nights. That is, yes, very immersive. But it's not like it's like, you know, it's not only you have to be a Super Star Wars fan to do this. Mm-hmm. You also have to be a Super Star Wars fan with that kind of money to do this. Um, yes, that you know, very limited market. Like I would rather spend a week on a Disney cruise. Oh, Sorry, yeah. but uh, you know, I at, at this point, I could only consider doing it if I'm like, I get three other friends that want to do it or something. Where it's like, okay, I'm like, we're splitting a room. I'll take a bottom bunk that I won't fit in, but like, I just want to <laughs> be able to do it once, you know. And you know, it, it still seems cool, but unfortunately, a lot of the stuff that they promised for the Star Wars Land itself mm-hmm. ended up going in there. When it comes mm-hmm. to a, some of the, you know, concept art of Ray and uh, Kylo having a lightsaber battle yeah. and having other fight scenes and other, you know, interactive you part of the story stuff happen. They're like, OK, this is what we're pitching for the first week. I was there in the first month of it opening in Disneyland and I heard Bright Suns once. Oh, wow. Uh, and like that was it. And but like that was ma- the main thing they were pushing at that mm-hmm. time. So I was like, OK, like this is this is cool. But like, you know. Unfortunately, they had to drop a lot of that because of international audiences coming in and Mm -hmm. they they can't have somebody from, uh, you know, Germany trying to order chicken. But the cast member can only say tip yip (laughs) Um, when there's already that language barrier of them saying chicken. uh, That's kind of a, a challenge. So I understand that they had to change things and there's obviously things that they dropped. But unfortunately, major part of that is the entertainment that had to be sacrificed mm-hmm. as well. Um, so that's that's part of like, you know, and the fact that what was there before, back to the history, you know, there was streetmosphere actors and shows, um, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles shows mm-hmm. and little magic shows and other, you know, filming of, you know, fake commercials and other things <laughs> like that that were happening in the streets of New York right. that were right back there. And like, you know, maybe... Maybe they could eventually start bringing that in, but uh, their entertainment right now is, you know, uh, the Mandalorian going around with Baby Yoda, and yeah. that's great. But based off of the crowds and stuff, like maybe he goes up on, you know, one of the platforms and is doing little photo yeah, op type things there, right and he has now. a shootout. He has a shootout with somebody or what? Like. You know, make that work. Maybe that's not a good thing to display in a theme park that close to guests, but it's lasers. So, you know, <laughs> they could make it work. Yeah. It would not be an off the monorails podcast episode without getting food tracked. And I need to I need to ask you, since we're talking about Galaxy's Edge, do you prefer the breakfast Ronto wrap or the regular all you can eat Ronto wrap throughout the day? Breakfast. Absolutely. That's the only I'm correct in. answer. Uh, I don't like the sauce that's on there so much, but okay. the, the breakfast sauce one. Or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I'll get it on the side and I'll like use it as a dip or whatever. And it's kind of dry without it, but mm-hmm. breakfast one by far. And with some moof juice at the same time. Yes. Oh, chef's man. kiss. That is, that is the way to go. That's the yeah. play. I, I wish, th- I wish they had other food options at Olga's Cantina. 
Yeah. Um, that is the one downside of that, especially coming from me who doesn't drink. Mm-hmm. Like, there's like two drinks for me on there, and then like, you know, freeze dried, you know, apple chips yeah. with some some liquid from salsa, not even <laughs> salsa. Um, so they need salsa. <laughs> strained salsa juice. <laughs> hey, listen. I I always I always rag on my wife Isabel for when she dips her chips in salsa. She's like, I don't really want the stuff. I just want it. I'm like, okay, well, you're not eating salsa then. It's okay. It's okay. Juice. I get it. It's spicy. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I'm assuming you three have also had other food options in Galaxy's Edge. Uh, Docking Bay Seven. What do you guys normally order from oh, there? Man, I've had the ribs a couple of times. Yeah, those things are good. They're they're underrated. It's hard to eat the ribs. They are. They yeah. They're like the way they whatever they did. It's impossible sticky. to eat. But yeah. Any any you other anything no, else? I, I mean, just the tip yep is literally because. Yeah. And I've only been to Ducking Bee Seven, I think twice because now I just go. I just go for Ronto wraps. Like that's if I'm if I'm grabbing a snack, uh, it's there. But honestly, too, like everything is additional in galaxy's edge doesn't matter what you're consuming you know what type of drink it is what type of food item it is yep. everything is everything is an additional price point in, in in galaxy's edge so normally it's a little venture outside to to baseline and grabbing something to eat there um you know it's yeah so very rarely do i eat anything in galaxy's edge other than a ronto wrap yeah and i've never actually eaten eaten there before um Usually, if I'm at Hollywood Studios, I'm getting a beer cheese pretzel from Baseline or like a chili dog from um, from Rosie's. So like that's that's my go tos there. So uh, I guess I guess another good question: If we're talking Hollywood Studios, sorry, MGM Studios, <laughs> MGM Studios food, what uh, what is one restaurant you would all avoid, like never ever? And I'm sure we all have a similar answer. Uh, not the same, obviously, but mm-hmm. like I know there's one that'll be overlapping a bit. Yeah. Um, I'm, mine would probably be uh, sci-fi. Okay. Surprising, but also I would probably say sci-fi at this point. I did have a couple bad experiences there. Not like I didn't get diarrhea, so, but like. <laughs> <laughs> everything gives me diarrhea, so I can't narrow that down. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> this one, another one of the instances where. Uh, you know, with my child, I haven't been able to experience a whole lot of uh, the restaurants within Hollywood Studios. But if I had to guess, MGM Studios or MGM, <laughs> I'm, that's what uh, I don't know. I, I would probably do without sci-fi. It was kind of not my gig. Yeah, uh, the main thing is that the the video loop is like twenty minutes. Uh, that <laughs> gets kind of annoying, and then also just like it's Steak and Shake but for like four times the price. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like I'm surprised. Pizza Rizzo would be say, mine. Yeah, exactly. There you go. I was going to well, say. I was that, waiting that for everybody else because I knew closed. it was going to be. I, I it was already it half closed, so every time I go, it's never open. So Yeah, yeah especially it closes at like whatever, 4 p.m. or yeah. something ridiculous. Yeah, so it's so. Like, it's, I've already considered it written off. Yeah. 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 There's some, I mean. There's some solid spots. There's a room upstairs. It's like mm-hmm. the little like disco a, party. Room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. fine. It's it's just there's nothing special about it. I would have said if you would ask me that question, you know, six months to a year ago, I may have considered ABC Commissary. 
Um, that was my second. But they've done a lot to revamp that menu they here lately. It. Yes, they have. And they actually are offering a pretty good spread now. Um, so that was nice. And we talked about this um, just, uh, you know, a couple episodes ago, but just the, like, kind of in that same breath of, like, how important the addition to of roundup uh rodeo barbecue is to that theme park as a whole tradition um now not giving like huge expectations of what to expect from theme park barbecue but just to have like a semi-quality well-themed sit-down restaurant inside that park um we need more things like that yeah definitely like especially like having that variety because Mm -hmm. you go to um you go to the Backlot, Backlot Express, ABC Commissary, Pizza Rizzo. Pizza Rizzo serves pizza, but the other two is just burgers and yep. chicken fingers and mm-hmm. fries, and that's it. So have being able to have that variety, and I know it's a sit-down, it's a higher-priced thing, but it's, it's definitely going to provide – that type of theming if you're there for toy story of course you're gonna go there if you're like if your kids are like i love toy story you're not gonna try to go to mama melrose (laughs) you're gonna go to (laughs) woody's roundup road whatever it's called so i haven't been there yet i'm i'm assuming none of you have been there yet too no i have not i've i've heard some mixed reviews the app the appetizers are great but the main meat dishes need some improvement so that's all i've heard so far but i'll have to go there eventually pretty much what i labeled it as was they just changed the location for the cisco truck to deliver the food to hollywood studios instead of uh, trails end at fort wilderness <laughs> that was kind of my prediction of it i mean trails end honestly had some decent food last time i was yeah. there so i don't know we're big but... we're, we're stands for trails end it's insane yep. to see that one go honestly yep yeah um, especially breakfast I've... really is that is that the breakfast yes, spot that is the breakfast okay. spot Best hash brown casserole on property. Yeah. If I didn't have to take a bus to get there every Correct. time I drove up, <laughs> that was one I'd downfall. If you were not staying there, it was a pain in the ass to get back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, Isn't it, it's, it's still open though, right? Yeah, until June or they something. They haven't given an F official date, but the rumor is mid-May sometime. So oh. we'll see um, how long it lasts. But yeah, the brisket eggs, fantastic. Um, the yes. hash browns, fantastic. Um, and then you get the classic spread of the Mickey waffles and stuff, and you can ask for some some extras too. It's just it's 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 super good. They they start you off with like this assortment of like muffins and croissants, and it's just strawberry butter. It's just insane. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it's great. And we you know there's uh, you know a girl I work with you know she she listens to the show, and obviously we talk about Disney a lot, and we obviously talk about food at Disney a lot. And um, she was like, this is on our list. Like I'm, we're going to go when we go, when we're down here in Orlando. And then she's like, all right, but when I get there, I have to take a bus. Where do I take the bus to? And like, she's like, all right, we, we backed out. We got scared. I, we, I didn't know where we were going. And so we haven't gone. So yeah, to your point, uh, that has been, I'm sure that's deterred a lot of people from, from going mm-hmm. and experiencing it. It's, it's fairly confusing there for sure uh we're gonna be doing a stay at some point during the summer um we have it booked i'm just not saying what it is yeah. uh, we're doing a stay yeah. there and like i'm hoping fingers crossed it'll still be open but you know it, or they'll at least be another because i think they're changing it to a quick they service are. yeah um yeah. which is which will be great and it'll be more affordable and we'll you know i think that's great too but and there's also food trucks offered there as well from time to time yeah, I, we we did see that last time we went to Trails End. That it was just 
That I we were also there like literally like a day before uh, Hoopty Doo reopened, oh, yeah. which oh, we haven't. Man. Yeah, we haven't done that yet yeah. either. So it's uh, yeah, definitely. There's a lot of barbecue spots around Disney, but I I'm glad there's more. Yes, I'll say that. Yes. Flame Tree <laughs> yeah. is still my favorite so far. Yep, Flame Tree is number one. We haven't done that one yet. Is that oh. that's it? Um, Animal Kingdom. Animal, Animal Kingdom. Kingdom. Yep. Oh, okay. Must mac and cheese. And there's a yes. bathroom right across the way from it. <laughs> You'll need the proximity. <laughs> yes. I, I will. Let me hold on. Let me open my notes app. Flame tree bathroom across. Approximately the 20 paces. Or episode five. Is it the pulled pork or brisket mac and cheese they have pulled with pork. the two onion rings yeah. on top? Yeah. 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 I suggest it. That sounds like a nightmare. Oh, it's a nuke, later. but it's it's worth it. <laughs> I don't know. It's right out there with the uh, the fried mac and cheese balls from Wine Bar George. Oh man, really? I haven't oh, had those either. Yeah. We've I've only we've only done Wine Bar once, and we had uh, there's like buffalo cauliflower. Oh, yeah. I love buffalo cauliflower anywhere. Mm -hmm. Specifically, uh, Space Two Twenty is amazing. Okay. Wow. So I think it left. I think it left the menu. They changed oh, the menu no. last week. Oh. So, uh, but I uh, fortunately, I uh, I've been there a couple times, and amazing. That's amazing. It's mm -hmm. pretty pricey, but like that's definitely one that I would highly recommend. So we were talking MGM Studios. Is it MGM Studios to you still? What is? What do you say? Like, I, I was a big stickler. Are you still sticklers on this? No, I've trained myself, I think, because of talking about the park all the time now. I think I've trained myself to say Hollywood Studios. If I'm being completely honest with everyone, I, I've become the guy that says Hollywood Studios. Um, that's not what my heart says. But... <laughs> um, but yeah. When did yeah. that transition happen for you guys, though? Like, was it? I would what? say starting the podcast, honestly. Cause yeah. yeah, trying to remain current with the nomenclature and yeah. like. Well, whenever I first started coming to the parks in like 2016, 2017, regularly, uh, I still called it MGM. It felt like MGM to me, uh, even though it wasn't labeled it. But um, I just, as we were describing things and uh, talking to family members ryan jordan uh you know you had to call it by what it was and you know it would get less often i would call it mgm as we got closer to you know doing the podcast and then as the podcast became a thing then it's just pretty much weeded its way out until tonight <laughs> i mean you say labeled as such you know it's still labeled as mgm studios in one spot right they left one. Oh, you got to tell me. Oh, you have. You don't to. know you where it is. I don't drop <laughs> drop this knowledge. So, um, if so, I'm sure there's somebody who's listening who's like, I know. Are you kidding me? How do you not yeah. know? But if you're walking into Hollywood Studios and you go all the way down close, uh, uh, they have the statue that's on the left hand side as you're heading towards the Chinese Theater, mm -hmm. which is the director. That's this big bronze yeah. statue thing. Yeah. And there is a memorial plaque that is the dedication to MGM Studios that still has the MGM Studios logo on there. So it's it's a small, you know, tidbit oh. fun fact. But that is definitely one when you're trying to be like 
cool for people to be like, well, you want a fun fact? Well, <laughs> if you just happen to be there, that's the perfect one to do well, for sure. this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and especially like that area too has a bunch of other nods to old old movies, not even mm -hmm. just old MGM studios. Cause if you circle around the backside of that building, that's on the left there, you'll find, you'll find Roger rabbit, the, uh, um, uh, yep. I guess a reenacted window pane yes. of the scene where he flies yep. through the blinds. Yeah. Uh, they have the, um, the, if you look at the, uh, on the backside of that building, they have a, uh, like a snack cart. Did you know there's a hidden gem in that snack cart? If you look at the if you look towards the back under the awning there on the far left hand side next to a bunch of Coke freestyle machines or whatever's there, mm -hmm. there is a um, Rocketeer uh, jetpack and helmet that is sitting on the left hand side there. If you're familiar what? with that movie as well, yes. that was originally possibly one of the attractions that would have been coming to the old MGM Studios. They ended up going with uh, Tower of Terror as one of the main attractions on that side. They were trying to work wow. out a possible rocketeer style thing that didn't end up happening but that's one nod to something like that and there's also baby herman up on the top of that building and a big billboard and you know yep, a bunch yep. of old old style you know early 90s late 80s animation that has made its way Gems. into that park still so I'm, i feel like such a disney noob now <laughs> i know i feel like i just gotta drop back down to beginner <laughs> I, I'm surprised you said that and about the Rocketeer um, props I'm surprised that hasn't been considered for a you know a renaissance or a relaunch rebirth of that IP I mean they did it in a show format for kids um, you know like 10 eight years ago but I'm surprised that they haven't tried to, to do anything with that which then made me think of our conversation a little bit ago about rock and roller coaster and how would that actually play in as an IP into that too? Yeah. I mean, the Rocketeer, I believe had some history within Hollywood as maybe they made an original movie. I don't know. Don't quote me on any of this, the original <laughs> movie, but the movie that came out in 1991 was expected to be a massive hit, mm -hmm. but unfortunately it wasn't, it, uh, it suffered a lot of that, uh, I mean, it's there's a few other movies since then that have had that style of this like noiry retro futurism stuff mm -hmm. that just didn't catch on. They had the right cast, they had the right director, all that type of stuff. Another movie like that movie called Sky Captain: The World of Tomorrow, yeah. one of my favorite movies actually. I love that movie, but because of the time and place, it was just like not right. And I would love to see more steampunky type, whatever. Mm -hmm. All like. That would be amazing in the parks. Originally, they were trying to do that in Paris. They were trying to do that as expansions at Disneyland, but like, it just wasn't. It wasn't there because even in the '90s, they were like, "Okay, we got to go with IP that we trust. Yeah. We could buy the rights to Twilight Zone. Okay, cool. We could put a band in here that people love that headlined the Super Bowl recently at the time. <laughs> sure, let's put Aerosmith in there. Like, you know, it's it's a big." They're afraid. Even then, they were afraid to take risks. Even, yeah, risks. they're just trying to play it safe and just. And I mean, the main reason was probably whatever uh, the, what's the, Magic Kingdom Tomorrowland ride, uh, Alien Encounter. Oh yeah, they were like that Bitch. was a big risk, and they you know that failed obviously. And yeah, but yeah, it's uh, I I love the old little hidden details that are still from MGM Studios era. 
And I mean, there's even more on top of that that I'm sure I could pull out of pull out of nowhere. Um, but I'm not thinking of any at the moment right now for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I think just you know, even though we haven't been, um, uh, you know, we grew up going to going to Disney and going to theme and other theme parks, uh, but we and now we talk about you know Disney, but haven't always paid attention to the history or the story behind everything and how it came together. And I think more recently, you know, at least for, for me, um, you know, watching some, you know, more in-depth historical documentation, you know, some videos that like you, like you mentioned earlier, um, getting to learn how things came to be is very intriguing here. Um, And especially when you think about, you know, when you're talking about the size of a company like the Walt Disney Company um, and their theme park operations. So I think as we go along is, you know, that this is a subject line that I could get heavily involved in and, and kind of yeah. really just dive head first into and and enjoy because I think it's pretty fascinating. This just the 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 psychology behind a lot of these decisions and how they were made and. Uh, you know, we, you said right at the beginning of this was, you know, the whole reason that this park even exists today is because some guy wanted to steal an idea from another company and yeah, made it happen challenge. In, in a year and a half. It's, it's like, it's amazing. No. And I mean, it's, it's totally, it's totally valid. I mean, at the point, at that point they were like, okay, well we can't have our thunder stolen from us. I mm-hmm. get it. Like it's, it's a competitive market, especially back then. It's still a competitive market. Now I'm just, we're just so fortunate to be living in a era where it's happening again. And I don't yeah. mean to like, you know, bring this full circle, but like, <laughs> For real, like there is a competition going on and this time Disney is probably going to be on the wrong side of this and everybody, everybody could see that mainly because, you know, there's a bunch of different points for this. Obviously, if you are not aware, Universal is opening a brand new theme park for the first time in Orlando, a major theme park is opening since 1999. So what we're doing is we're witnessing this brand new park built from scratch, all these amazing new themed lands, not like, you know, already existing Mm -hmm. stuff. And at the same time, Universal knows that. And they're like, okay, well, we need to get some of Disney's cast members. So let's give, let's guarantee them a raise bump by June. And we're giving them more money. And there have been a bunch of people that I know that have jumped over. Now There's Disney, we is, know, <laughs> yeah, and because and a lot of it is like they these at least attractions cast members team members want to open a new park like that's yeah. insane like of course so I you know we're witnessing okay this is a, another major theme park Universal Disney is. You know, if we saw the everything that happened at D23 back in August, mm-hmm. they really have a lot of logos they want to debut. And that's pretty <laughs> much it. Um, they, they just don't have the backing behind stuff. Yeah, they're redoing Splash Mountain. They've got a bunch of, you know, but all they really had to present is a, a timeline of stuff mm-hmm. and then a bunch of stuff that might happen in like 10 years. Yeah. You know, a bunch I, of ideas. Yeah, and I, fortunately, we're in a position where, you know, I'm still going to be a Universal AP when that new park mm-hmm. opens, and I'm going to be there as much as I can. I'm sure there's going to be some reservation system, whatever. But I like I'm 
so thrilled and it's still at least two plus years away and I'm still like hyped, so hyped over it all the time because I like, you know, I'm all about new experiences. That's why I love Halloween Horror Nights so much because every year there's 10 new themed experiences and, you know, Disney is still for their Halloween event. Same exact parade, same exact characters, <laughs> same exact, you know, because people are going to people are going to eat that up and that's fine. But there's going to be a point where the shift is starting to move. And, you know, I still love Disney, I, all their parks, but there's there's going to be a point where Universal is a legitimate it's split 50 50. And that's going to be happening within the next couple of years. And it's yeah. kind of weird that Disney isn't doing anything more. They, they aren't green lighting. Hey. 2025 we're opening the Moana uh land at Animal Kingdom or we're opening and then this nothing. <laughs> well I'll say probably part of the reason some would argue most of the reason is we had a CEO change in the middle of all this going on Twice. yeah yeah but like what what happened though the thing like one of my main points in a video I did recently about Tron is that it took five and a half years to yep. build mm-hmm. that would- Yep. You, you know how long it took to build Epcot? Under three years. The whole park. Yeah. Now, not every attraction opened with that park, but it took three years to build. That's like Tron took twice as it's long. It's going to be almost the same timeline as for Epic Universe when you yeah. total it out. And, yeah. And it's like, are they just wanting to minimize their teams? Are they want, like, I, I don't I don't know. And yes, a major setback happened in 2020, but that doesn't account for two years lost because they were back out there working on construction before the parks reopened. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't want to be the, you know, whatever, a fan here complaining about people being lazy (laughs) because the construction workers aren't lazy. It's, it's just that for me, it's about, you know, the, the lack of accountability on timelines. That just seems what it's like, you know, and there's a lot of like, in my opinion, Tron, isn't really as big of a deal as the general public initially thought it was going to be, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, part of it's due to them doing soft openings for this stuff and saying, hey, we don't want to pay cast members more, so we're going to give them some previews, and then we're going to give them some more previews, and then some more previews. And <laughs> when a lot of these reviews came out from you know influencers, creators, whatever, that were going on these previews with their friends who were cast members, were like, it's really, really great. And they kept saying it's really, really great. And then none of them got invited to the Tron media event that happened mm-hmm. because they were literally inviting all of these Hollywood people and all of these like publications for news sites and all this stuff. And it's going to it's gonna turn a tide where like, wow. okay, they said Tron was great, but they're going to stop giving good reviews if they're not going to be getting anything in return. Yep. All of these creators and stuff. So I'm, you know, hopefully I'm one of the people starting, starting a movement of, I gave I, I got a dirty look from a cast member during my second preview of Tron because my my review of Tron that between both my platforms got a hundred thousand views was like this is not a good ride. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the truth hurts, damn it! Not everybody saw me. it. Not everybody <laughs> saw it, but I know I know the cast members did, and that and it's not on them, but. Um, they're, you know, saying that I would rather ride Space Mountain every time. If Absolutely. I had to choose between the two, I'd rather ride Space Mountain. That's part of nostalgia, but also, you know, I don't want to deal with the hassle that comes along with riding that ride yeah. and all that. So, overall, yeah, Universal is going to they're uh 
they're going to be a major player and they already are but they're like literally they're going to be split yeah. on attendance well, we, but disney needs that competition they need that urge well, to, to keep pushing yeah to that point that's what i was going to say is i mean i, I mentioned a little bit you know earlier but this this has been happening right like disney's been playing the reaction game for years as soon as as soon as universal opens uh, you know hogsmeade and and harry potter and that area well like all right well now we got to get things together and build pandora and then okay well here's diagon alley all right well here's galaxy's edge well here's epic universe and like oh well here's tron i, I don't know like just and a some- good old-fashioned corporate pissing match they don't care though. That's the thing. That's that's a major thing I have to constantly remind myself is that like they are there to put in the properties that they think will get the most attention. Guardians is a great ride. Yes. Tron, I don't know what they were thinking, uh especially IP wise. That's why they're teasing all these mm-hmm. like other things cuz like they know that they could put out mediocre stuff and people will still travel across the country to go see okay well the new ride opened i gotta go see it even if it gets bad reviews a lot of people are just yeah. like well i want to see it for myself or there's there's two rides that opened in the past two years okay i'm gonna see if this one doesn't work out i'll see that other one and they're putting a lot of trust in their loyal fan base and they will remain loyal but they they're uh, with raising prices and stuff there's only so much yeah families can do yep. so they're they're gonna say okay well I'm going to save how much money on universal hotels and tickets. <laughs> okay. Well, I, they got three parks instead of four. Okay. I guess we're just going to, we're going to go to universal this year. And that's very valid. And I think mm-hmm. more families should, because they, at least in the new park, they have a lot more family coasters, a lot more, like none of it's been announced, but yeah. based off of everything that can be seen when you're driving to the Florida mall, I will say they have <laughs> a lot more family based stuff. Yeah. So it's, um, it'll be fun and all the you know super nintendo stuff is gonna be great yeah. and yep. um they're adding more more to that than they have in hollywood or in japan so that's awesome that's it's gonna be it's gonna be a crazy ride and i don't know maybe i'll go work for universal maybe i'll work custodial just so i could open the new park <laughs> i'm not even kidding like i maybe want to do that like just to be, like, day you know. badge, throw on a little yeah thing. Hey, if I get one of those cool like Letterman jackets that they definitely don't make anymore yeah, for opening just another the, feather yeah, in the, the parks, <laughs> like that's all that I that's I'll work I'll work a couple shifts for that. <laughs> yeah, and we could honestly, I mean, that's a whole another so- soapbox that we could go into and and really just kind of open Pandora's box on. Uh, that's for sure. But Ryan, I, I just want to take a second just to say thank you for joining us and taking the time out of your of your busy schedule to just come and chat with us and, and just hang out and get to know you a little bit more and talk a little bit about things that you're passionate about. And I uh, hope that we get to continue some of these you know conversations going forward too. Yes. Of course. No, I appreciate it. I, that, seriously, this is, this has been a wonderful, wonderful conversation about one of the greatest theme parks in the world and also everything else around. And the food. Can't forget the food. <laughs> so seriously, thank you guys and thank you for letting me blab on about the things that I'm most passionate about because I I, I talk too much. So I apologize <laughs> for that. But like seriously, like 
I any anytime I love talking theme parks, I love talking history, all that type yeah. of stuff. And I seriously thank you guys so much. That's, we're all about that. Yeah. Um, it's been a blast, man. Just one more time, take a second to uh, to let everyone know where to find you, where to find your content. You know, find more out about you. Yeah, so you can find me on all of my socials at For the Love of Theme Parks. If you're looking up a username on YouTube with an ad at the beginning of it, for some reason somebody already has that. So you can look up For the Love of Theme Parks in the number one, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I Right now I'm pulling back a little bit on long-form content on YouTube, but I'm always doing shorts slash reels slash TikToks, all that type of stuff. And I may be having a uh, new uh, creative theme park endeavors in the near future when it comes to content. Keep an eye out for right. that. You will uh, hopefully see that very, very soon. All right. Excited. Absolutely. Well, he, yeah, go go watch this man's content. Yeah. He, watch he the Winnie legit. the Pooh video. Having, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I'm telling you, it is great. Go watch it. Please. Please well, do it. He is Ryan. He is at For the Love of Theme Parks. And again, we thank you for uh, thank you for joining us, man. Thank you for having me. Well, there you go. There you guys have it, man. What a what a fun, entertaining uh, ride that was. <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. Um, I can't wait to do it again. Honestly. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So. Uh, make sure uh, if you're listening to this episode, make sure you share it along with a friend and definitely go check out Ryan's uh, stuff uh, at for the love of theme parks across every platform. YouTube's got that is at for the love of theme parks one, uh, but just go, just go follow him, go follow, go check out his videos, go subscribe to his channel. Uh, he and Isabel do a great job uh, in yep. everything that they do. Uh, so uh Go check them out. That, that is, you are going to enjoy yourself uh, watching his content. So, uh, we appreciate his time joining us today for sure. Before we go today, guys, uh, we'll, we'll of course want to tell you about some of the affiliates that we're working with to help bring you the show. And we'll start with our good friends over at the World DVC and their companies, uh, including DVC Rental Store. They can help you save money on your next Disney vacation, whether that's Walt Disney World in Florida, Disneyland, California Adventure, uh, or at Olani uh, in Hawaii. Uh, they can basically find you DVC points available to rent for stays and get those stays for up to 75% off when compared to Disney rack rates. I don't know about you guys, but I like saving money, and that sounds like an awesome deal. So. I know personally, they've saved me thousands over the years since I've been a customer with them. Go check them out. There's a link in the episode description along uh, with their sister company, DVC Resale Market. Uh, so if you are a fan of staying at those DVC resorts a lot and you said to yourself, hey, maybe I should become a DVC member, but maybe you took that tour with, uh, with a guide at Disney and it's just a little bit maybe out of the price range that you were thinking of or the amount of points just don't make sense for you and you want to maybe buy a smaller contract or, you know, try it on for size. DVC Resale Market is there to help you find the right contract for you on the, uh, on the resale market and uh, get you into a DVC contract that fits you, your budget, your family's needs, um, and ultimately they can save you some money most of the time too. So, Go check them out. Link is in the episode description as well for them. And 
maybe you can become a DVC member just like I did through them uh, a year back. So go check them out and give them some love. While you're in the episode description, you could also find our friends at 1901 Candle Co. Uh, where you can get some great candles that uh, last long. And uh, fellas, they, they also give us a 15% off code for each uh, order you're wanting to do. So go load up your cart, get yourself 15% off with our code off the rails 15 and save yourself some money at checkout. So get your teachers some gifts for the end of the year. It's coming up. Get yourself some early Christmas presents, birthday presents. If you just have just someone that enjoys candles or you just want to spark that memory from uh, a Disney trip or uh, you Harry Potter heads out there. I see what you did. Spark uh, spark is a flame on a candle. You'd love to see it. So Go check them out at 1901candlecode.com. And don't forget to use our code off the rails 15 at checkout and get yourself uh, 15% off of your order. Got to save that money. Love saving that money. Love it. Love it. Uh, it makes spending it feel a little better. A little <laughs> but bit. <laughs> another place we would like you to spend your money is um, one of our recently new announced partners at Expedition Roasters. They are a family-founded coffee company originating back to 2014, so they've been in the game for a little bit of time now. But uh, they make some badass coffee. Uh, yeah, they do. Yeah, uh, a lot of uh, pop culture, theme park inspiration, uh, some really unique flavors. They've even got some alcohol-inspired flavors with rum and whiskey. And I've seen one for yeah. uh, like a banana roast, like you know, it's like uh-huh. a Jungle Cruise kind of themed. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, that's definitely one in my radar and, uh, you can choose any type of grind you want. You can get whole bean. Uh, they got anything that suits you. Uh, they've got dark roast, medium roast, light roast, uh, be a man, get a dark roast because that's what real (laughs) coffee drinkers do. But, um, once you enter their realm that they like to call the coffee verse, you're going to be introduced to a vast, vast spectrum of flavors. So um, you're not going to be disappointed and make sure and throw as many things in that card as you can and use our code off the monorails, our namesake, pretty easy to remember, and you can save yourself 10% on all future orders. So um, go ahead and take that leap of faith and, and join the coffee verse with us. Yeah, they have some amazing coffee flavors that are just the the Wonderland crumble cake is my goodness. Smash. My goodness. <laughs> So I'm going to say, just take our word for it. Please go get some coffee from them. They are fantastic. And last but not least, if you'd like to get to know us more and get a little bit behind the scenes look at how this whole crazy thing comes together, uh, because you, you should see it sometimes, how we make this podcast, but not only just podcasts, our trips to Disney, our trips to other places and experience a little bit of life with us. Um, that interests you. If you want to uh, become part of a community of people that are like-minded that enjoy this podcast and Disney and everything else that comes with it. And you want to just kind of talk to people and meet new people that share the same, share the same uh, enjoyments. Then maybe this is the place for you. Uh, so go check out our Patreon. Uh, we have new membership programs available, a, r- a variety of tiers available to you and it allow you to become uh, a part of this community that we're building, a part of the show with exclusive episodes for uh, uh, tier members uh, to become part of our 
live recordings, ask us uh, some Q and A's, things like that, and uh, even get uh, exclusive merchandise. Uh, all that and more. Go check out our Patreon. There's a link in the episode description. We'd be thrilled to have you join us there uh, and be, be become part of our community uh, on the Discord. So uh, again, check it out there. Uh, membership tiers are available right now, and we'd love to have you join us. Absolutely. Yeah, it'll it'll be a nice way to uh, get a little in-depth uh, view from our own personal lives beyond just the podcast itself and kind of kind of get to know us as people uh, outside the realm of Disney and, um, just another way to connect with, with people and, and build a community. And that's what we're, that's what we're trying to do is just is create a community of good, like-minded people, uh, zero toxicity and just have a nice fun place to, to mingle. And not only that, it's a good place for input, you know, for our tier members to, you know, have have a say so on what kind of content they would like to see in the future mm-hmm. so we can pull some ideas from our audience directly and uh build episodes around it and you know if you want to be a part of that by subscribing to our tier membership in the mark six program then choose a tier that works best for you support the program and also have your voice heard yeah. uh we appreciate it. it's it's people it's listeners it's an audience like you that involve themselves and enjoy this show that make us that make it go the way it does. So uh, we appreciate all of you guys for listening. Uh, if this is maybe your first time hearing about us and listening to the show, we appreciate it. We appreciate you taking some time out of your day to, to listen to us talk. Um, and man, what a hell of an episode to, uh, to discover us on if, if this yeah, really right. is your first episode. So um, welcome. Uh, if you've been listening to us for a while, we sincerely appreciate you. And uh, man, we can't wait to see where this where this goes next. And we'll we guess what? Good news is you only have a week to find out. Yep, just stick along with us and, and be along for the ride. Let's see where this crazy thing goes. Well, with that being said, we'll see you next week, same time, same place. I'm Jordan. I'm Justin. And I'm Ryan. And this is off the monorails. <laughs> <laughs>